but it's like, let's go back to who you are. Let's go back to what your gifts and your strengths and your talents are. And let's really hone in on those and then ask yourself the question. And if you're struggling with that, then I would challenge you to reach out to some people in your life that you really trust and ask for some feedback. Just say, you know, what is it that makes me special? What is it about me that you notice that I um, like add value to the world? Not what I do, but who I am. And that's a really important part of that question. Not what I do, but who I am. Welcome to the Confidence Council Podcast. This show is designed for high-achieving women who, despite having a great life, just know that they're destined for more. Whether you aren't sure what that next level is, or you have an idea, but the vision feels out of reach, then this podcast is for you. My name is Monica Burkoff. I'm a trial lawyer, a mom, and a wife. And I'm here because I know from my own experience that feeling stuck or unfulfilled does not have to be your reality. With a positive mindset and the right counsel, you too can create the life of your dreams. My hope and intention for this podcast is that you walk away feeling confident, motivated, and inspired to embrace your authentic self and to take bold action toward your dream life. Are you ready to get started? All rise. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Confidence Council podcast. Today, I am joined by entrepreneur, speaker, the host of the Dance of Growth podcast, a business coach, a mentor, a wife, and most importantly, a mama of four, Chelsea Christensen. Thank you for being on the show today. I'm so happy to be here and have this conversation with you. So thank you for having me. I've been following your journey for a while now on Instagram, but I don't think I know all of it. Like, I don't know the whole story. So I'd love if you could just introduce yourself in your own words and kind of tell the listeners who you are, what you're all about, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of funny. Um, we could be here for probably like four days trying to explain my my whole process, but something there's a few things that I like to point out. Um, like growing up, there was two things that I knew I wanted to be, and one was a mom, and two, I wanted to be like a business owner of some sort. I was actually raised by entrepreneurial parents, so my dad was a landscaper, my mom was a dance teacher, and. Um, she had a nail salon and she had a clothing store and she kind of did a lot of different things. Um, but so I watched them kind of create their own businesses and also have some freedom, like flexibility and like just opportunity. They just created opportunities for themselves. So, um, currently right now, I'm going to tell you this so that you just have an idea of where I'm at right now. But so I own a screen printing company and that's like the majority of like what my business currently is. It's uh, been around for 18 years. I have 15 employees. Um, We provide clothing for a lot of local people, like schools and businesses, but also um, we do a lot of like online shops. We do a lot of radio stations, hospitals, like anything that is like printed, custom designed for a specific person, business, whatever. um, We offer that. So I actually fell into that a little bit because I was teaching dance. I was coaching the drill team. Um, I just like 
was a creative and I kept getting these ugly clothes. <laughs> like we would go and buy a, buy shirts for the team and it would be just like, you know, from like the pops print shop down the street. And it was just like, we were putting on these t-shirts and they like fit bad. And they were just like, so um, just like not what the kids wanted to wear and not what I wanted to wear. And I was like, listen, I know how to design enough. And I had access working at a sports club to wholesale. So I was like, I'm just going to start designing for us. And I wanted to make clothes that looked like they were purchased at the store. They were really on trend, but they that they were like customized to our team or our studio and that the girls would like want to wear them. So I did just that. And a few years later, I found myself pregnant with twins. And I knew that all of a sudden my life was going to change a lot and that I wasn't going to be able to, you know, wake up at five in the morning and go coach drill team. And I wasn't going to want to be out late at night, you know, teaching dance. And I didn't want to be gone on the weekends for competitions and all of those things. And so I had to really be like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, I knew I wanted to have my own thing. I knew I wanted to be able to make money on my own. That was always really important to me just to have a way of making money. Like I was contributing, but also that I had some freedom and flexibility in, in our finances. And so Luckily, the people I was working with, they were like, hey, do you want to keep making clothes for us even if you're not coaching or teaching? And I was like, sure. And so for the first 10 years of my business, I outsourced the printing. And this is important to think about because a lot of times when people have an idea of something they want to do or create, it's like you think you have to do all of it at once. And um, my story is proof that you don't because for 10 years, I didn't actually even have to do any of that physical labor. I didn't have to, I had zero overhead cause I did it all from home. I did it with the babies on my lap, the babies on my back, the babies in the car. Um, but I was just d designing the product. I was ordering it all. Um, and then I had a guy who printed for me. And then I would, you know, deliver and invoice the product. So it was like the best case scenario for my business at that time, my family at that time. And so I just really want to, I want to encourage people to think um, like, what's the best situation for your current situation? And that lasted for 10 years and it was awesome. Um, it was hard. It took up, you know, a lot of like, I, I drove a lot with my kids in the car and I, you know, it was, I did have my work at my house and that was, that was interesting. But then um, eventually I was able to take it all in house and we were able to buy all the equipment. I already had all of my customers. And so I kind of did it backwards, but it was really cool because even that big investment of buying all the all of the equipment and all of the materials and the space that I needed, I already knew that I could afford it because of my client base, because of because I already had a running business. So, um, but here's what I will say is moving that business into uh, all in-house and taking that new responsibility, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And that actually is what led me to where I am today because I knew it was the right decision, but I was like in, in it and it was so hard and I was learning all new things and a lot of things didn't look like what I thought they were going to be. Um, and I was like, how is this the right decision? Cause this feels terrible. So not the right decision's not always going to feel really good. It felt terrible. And so I was working 16 hour days. I was exhausted. I was missing out on so much of my life, which made me so sad. I was like, what do I actually want? And um, so that like kind of like trying and then noticing the places that were really, really hard and really, really frustrating and 
feeling so overwhelmed and burned out took me back to the very beginning of like, what did you want out of life? You know? And I was like asking myself this question, like, what was important to you? Like, what did you want? And I was like, well, I wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to like help other people. And I love creativity and I love connection and I love all these things. And I was like, okay, where is this missing in my life? And then I hired my first business coach. And as I was learning from him, I, I had the thought, holy cow, like your whole life you wanted to be a teacher, but you thought you could be a dance teacher or a school teacher. Like up until that point, that was like your only option. Like you only thought you could be those things, which is fine. But all of a sudden I was like, wait, there's someone who teaches people how to do business. There's someone who teaches people how to like move through your life and your business and how they can work together. And like, whoa, like, what is this? You know, so I'm learning about that. And then, then all of a sudden I start feeling like this, this makes more sense to me. And I got hired on as a coach at um, like these business conferences. And then I got hired to speak at these places. And then I was like, actually want, and I started sharing my voice on social media. And so that is like a really long story, (laughs) lots of words, but bringing it back to, I didn't really know what was available until I put myself into the next step. And then the next step was like, oh, there's something here. What is this? And so now I get to do my podcast. I get to um, speak on stages. I get to coach women in their business and life while keeping this business that, you know, I used to be doing all the things. And now I just, I I manage, I oversee it. I'm the face of the business, but I also have an amazing team behind me that are physically doing the work so that I can do all the other things that I'm super passionate about. So how's that for an intro? (laughs) Wow. Something that that was, that was incredible. So something that um, kind of popped up in my head, as you're saying, when you first started that screen printing business where you're like, I knew enough, right? Like you didn't know everything. Like you didn't know you weren't going to actually print it. You, you didn't have like the warehouse or the stuff, but you knew just enough to start. And I feel like that's such a compelling message because most people are like, I have to know it all before I can even take a step. Can you speak a little bit to that? The thing is, is what did I actually want? So first what I wanted was just to create clothes that people would want to wear, right? Like that was the first thing I knew I wanted. And I was like, do I know enough to be able to do that? And then I was like, yes. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to be at home with two babies and I am not going to really probably leave my house to go have a job. And this was before social media. This was actually before bloggers even really started. Like, I think they were about eight or nine months when I started blogging. Um, And blogging mean like show pictures of like my kids. In fact, this is hilarious because I was like, I think my kids look so cute every day, but I don't have anyone to show them and we're not leaving the house. So I would like send out an email to like my friends and my family, which is pictures of my kids and like their, their clothes each week because they just looked cute, you know? So it was like, it was really before we have, we had access to all the things that you have now, which is like hilarious to think about, but also like use your resources of what you have right now. So I was like, okay, could I continue designing clothes for people? And could I still like have the packages delivered to my house? And could I take them to the printer? Like, yeah, I can totally do that. So it was like one step and not feeling like I had to have all the, like have all of the parts to make it move. It's like, no, where can you use your resources because it's not feasible for you to do right now. And honestly, that was the same even when 
I took everything in house. Like I literally went to Colorado, me and my husband went to Colorado for a weekend. We went to LA for a weekend to learn how to screen print for heaven's sake. Like, (laughs) I mean, this is like a big process. And there were a million days that I was like, what are we doing? Like, and people had been paying us for our clothes for so long. And then I felt like I was like back to the beginning stages of like, is this even like what it's supposed to look like? Is this how it's supposed to work? But I was like, it's as it was that important for us to have ultimate control over the print schedule of what things were looking like. I knew I needed to be able to have help, but I didn't want people in my home for help. So I needed to be outside. Like, but I had to just work through that to figure it out, to get to the point where I was like, okay, we feel good about this. Like this is, this is moving. And it's the same for coaching. It's the same for podcasting. It's the same for any sort of thing that you want to put out into the world. Like you're probably going to suck at it at the beginning and you might not have all the answers, but here's a really cool thing is if someone's doing it, then they're showing you that it's possible to learn. And so watch those people ask questions, get on YouTube for heaven's sake. Like YouTube gives you a start to finish of just about anything and everything. Like half the time when my employees come to me with a question, I'm like, awesome. YouTube that like search on YouTube, Google yeah, it, Google yeah. it, figure it like it's the answers are available to us, but what we do and what we make up is like, I don't know how to do this. And if we say, I don't know, all we're saying is like, I don't trust myself to figure it out. So if I don't know that I'm not responsible or I have no obligations to move forward, that's actually what we're saying. Mm. I, I like to say like, I don't know yet, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I don't know it this second, but I'm going to figure out and it can be figured out. And that's the thing, like resources are everywhere. Just what's the motivation? Like what's your why? I think if you don't have enough of that why pushing you, then what's the incentive to figure it yeah, out, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and something that, you know, I know is really important to you and, and to your listeners is to figure out how to navigate this, this idea of like, you know, maybe you're in a corporate job or you, and you, and you're working a lot and you still have like this pull in your heart to go over here and to start something or do something. And, um, a phrase that I just love to use and one that helped me so much in my own, because I like as I'm, as I'm telling you the things that I have doing, I basically have like a corporate job and these other things that I do. Right. And now there was a time where I had my job and the business that I was running and there was no time for anything else. There was like no time. There was barely time for me to come home, put my kids to bed and get back to work. There was barely time for me to be like eating a a, a nutritious lunch. There was barely time for me to find fun and joy in my life. So but I, I love the phrase, in order to create something, you have to create space. And so, and that goes for just about anything in your life that you don't currently have that you want. And in order to create something, you have to create space. So the very first thing I did, um, which was so powerful because I, I didn't know what my business, like I didn't know what my business needed without me there. It was really, it's really, it's really interesting because when you're so into the business and you're there all the time, it's like, you don't actually know what's broken without you. And so for me, my very first step was like, okay, on Tuesdays, I'm going to work from home. And that felt so terrifying. Going to lunch with a friend felt terrifying leaving for that hour. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to work from home on Tuesdays. And if I work from home on Tuesdays, if something bad happens, I'm close enough where I can go in. But removing myself gives my employees the opportunity to feel like um, some ownership. If they feel like, you know, they're, they're decision makers, they can solve problems. And it just literally opened up space for me to go, 
what do I want to do with this time? And it was fascinating because number one, I was able to see like what I was doing that I didn't necessarily need to be doing, but everyone was relying on me for. Um, so I was able to see the pieces of my business that needed some extra support for when I wasn't there, right? There were things that people didn't know how to do because I was just doing them. So it's like, cool. Now I know that people need to learn how to do this. Um, then also I realized that people didn't really need to ask me all the questions they were asking me, but because I was always there, they were always asking me the same questions. So I'm like, oh, awesome. Like give them that space and they're going to learn. I'm going to train them to make educated decisions and not just rely on talking to me. So that was awesome. And then I also had this quiet time where I was like, okay, I'm going to make up that I can do anything I want with this day. Where do I want to spend my time? And it ended up like, I want to coach. Like I want to take on some clients. And if my, if my people know that I am taking clients on Tuesday, then they're going to respect that time uh, that I'm away. And I'm going to respect that time away. And then I was like, oh, like I want to start a podcast. And it turned out that just that one day away gave me the ability to coach people. It gave me the ability to have some downtime by myself. It gave me the ability to launch a podcast and to schedule my interviews on this day. Like it just opened up so much freedom for me. And also it created so much like strength in my business over there because they started being able to run without me. Now I can leave for a week at a time. I can, you know, work from home all the time if I wanted to, but it's like just having that courage to step away in this little, little intentional way made all the difference for me. So I, you know, having working a nine to five, like as an attorney, I couldn't take a whole day off or whatever. Right. But the, the moment that I did have that space and that clarity was a maternity leave. And sometimes that's what it takes, right? Is you're forced to stay home. I mean, obviously it's not forced, mm-hmm. it's it's willing, but and and you're and you have that time away from work. And it was in those moments that I was like, what am I if I'm not working? Like what hobbies do I have? What do I do for fun? Like I'm not just gonna watch Housewives the whole time, right? Yeah. Like what else can I do? And that's when I started really kind of leaning into those quiet moments into like the inner knowing and trying to figure out like, what do I want to do? And that's when like the podcast kind of popped up. That's when this like random idea about writing a book popped up, just, you know, things like flooding my brain that like, you have to do this. And, and I just like started going for it because, but before I wasn't giving myself this space, like you're saying to even consider it because there is no time and there feels like there's never enough time. Do you find with your clients, um, the ones that you work one-on-one with that you have to work on like auditing days and stuff and, and making space when there really isn't any? Absolutely. And here's- Or it feels like there isn't any? Yeah. Because the thing about it is, is when I say create space, it doesn't, for everyone, it looks different, right? Like it doesn't mean you have to take a whole day off of work. That's what I needed, but that doesn't mean that that's what everyone needs. Um, 15 minutes in the morning. It's about being intentional and it's about setting aside, like tuning out the noise, being intentional of creating space for clarity, for asking the questions, for listening, for journaling, for whatever that might look like for you. But if you want to, like, you can't just like budget more, more, more into your schedule. You can try. And we all try really, really hard at that. Um, But what happens is like, I just picture it like a closet, you know, I picture it like a closet and, and, and you can just, you can fit a lot of stuff in your closet, 
But every time you walk in there, it just feels bad. And in fact, you don't even want to go in your closet. And so then your clothes start, you know, hanging out in your bathroom and they start hanging out on the sofa in your bedroom and all the things because it just feels too much. Like it feels too overwhelming. And you might love all the clothes in there. You might love all your shoes, but it still feels too bad because it's just a mess. It's just overflowing. And that's what happens when we try to put too much into our life even if we really love it. And so I just, you know, there's a reason why all the organizers are like, take it all out and then be mindful about what you want to put back in there. Leave some wiggle room. And that's, I think what I'm trying to say here is like, is there any wiggle room in your life in the time that you're awake, that you're a time when you're driving? Is there a time on your lunch break? Maybe on your lunch break, you're listening to books and you're doing this and you're doing this, calling your friends, calling your spouse, whatever it is, but, or like, maybe you just need your lunch to be silent. Maybe you just need to, you know, like take some time and and be intentional with your thoughts with yourself so that you can know what you actually want in your closet and you can actually organize it and structure it to everything's in its place. Maybe it's even color coordinated. It like moves. And when, when your life and your business are intentional, it comes with that ease that we're all looking for, even if it's hard even if there's hard days or hard weeks, you still are like committed to the cause because it feels good. Yeah. I'll say that like once I kind of found my like thing being the podcast, it was taking me, you know, after I put the kids down, I was in the office editing and and looking for guests and writing show notes like from, you know, eight to 10 every night. Mm -hmm. And that was normally like mine and my husband's like TV on wine time. And I found like, you know, people kept asking me, how do you have the energy? Where do you find the time? Don't you just want to like chill? But because it was so exciting for me, it like energized me. I was excited to do it at the end of a long day. So if it's something that is like really speaking to your heart, I do feel like you will make the time and it won't be sucking your soul. It would actually energize you, which it, which it's doing for me, which I think is a good sign. And I'm hoping it stays yeah. that way because um, podcasting is a lot of work. What can you say for the woman who it would, would say, you know, I, you know, on my commute, I just kind of like listen, I, I try to turn off the music or whatever, and just kind of listen to my knowing, but nothing's coming. And I just don't feel like a, a purpose or a direction what would you say to that person? So I think that it all kind of starts with your beliefs about like what your gifts are to the world. Um, because the truth is, is it doesn't actually matter what vehicle we use to put our gifts out into the world. It doesn't really matter. Like my, I feel like I could be a teacher of a million different things. I feel like I could, you know, sit with people in so many different situations and help guide them and lead them through whatever it is that they're going through. But I know that my gift is to be able to see the situation and to see it from many perspectives and to help people like see see what I'm seeing and help them guide them through that. And so just knowing that that's a gift that I have or knowing that that being able to speak how I feel is a gift that I have been given, it's like, just knowing that gives me the courage to speak on a stage or speak on a podcast or speak at an elementary school or speak at a running club for heaven's sake, right? Like there's so many ways and a lot of people get so caught up in like the vehicle that they want to choose. It's like, I just want to know the vehicle, right? So they're like, so like, I don't know what I want to do, but it's like, let's go back to who you are. 
Let's go back to what your gifts and your strengths and your talents are, and let's really hone in on those. And then ask yourself the question, and if you're struggling with that, then I would challenge you to reach out to some people in your life that you really trust and ask for some feedback. Just say, you know, what is it that makes me special? What is it about me that you notice that I um, like add value to the world? Not what I do, but who I am. And that's a really important part of that question. Not what I do, but who I am, right? Like the, my ability to sit with people and to help process, it's not because I'm a good processor. It's like who I am. Like I, I come from a place of love and empathy and, and desire to help. And, you know, so it's like who I am. So reach out to those people and that can be really um, overwhelming and kind of scary to do sometimes. And uh, so I want to invite you to, as those responses come back to you, to drop your wall and just say, what if these things are true that they're sharing with me? And that is a little less um, scary to to accept them. If you're not very good, which most people struggle, like letting people tell them what's special about them. So just say, what if these things are true? Or like, how can I see this um, showing up in my life? Like how, where do I do this? Like do, where, where can I see proof that these things are true and just get really curious about it. But then, so as you get that, then you can ask the question, like, what do I love? Like, what do I love to do? Where do I love to be? What is it that makes me feel alive and passionate about? What could I talk about every single day? Or what would I be excited to show up for? And so it might be, you know, quilting. It might be hair, doing hair. It might be starting a podcast. It might be teaching dance. It might be writing a book. Like there's so many options. In fact, that's the really beautiful part is that the opportunities out there are endless. Um, but, but if you can go back to knowing that it's what makes you, you, the special gifts that you have, how can you use those into the world, right? Then what makes you feel happy, alive? Like what feels fun to you? What do the people need? What's a, what's a problem that you hear people talking about and, and how can you make money from that thing? So it's like, there's actually a beautiful thing called like the Ikigai a lot of people talk about, but it's like that intersection of all of those things. And so, you know, I guess basically what I was just doing is kind of like walking you through that. I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but it's true. Like it's just <laughs> kind of going through those, those questions and don't ask to just distract yourself from moving forward, but ask with the sincerity of like, I want to show up fully in the best way that I can for whatever is needed of me. I want to feel connected and fulfilled with the work that I'm doing. So here are my questions and then be open to the answers so that you can make some decisions and get more clear on what it is that you want to do. That is such beautiful advice, Chelsea. And like for the person who is thinking, okay, I've gotten the feedback from my family and my close friends. Okay. So are you recommending that they sit down, maybe journal this out yeah. or talk it out or what is the best way to kind of process that information? So I would say take those and put those all in a note, like on, on your phone, take them, copy, paste that into a note, look through it and read it. Awesome. Okay. What, what are those talents and gifts good for? Like where, like, where do I see other people using those talents and gifts? Like, what do they do with these? Or like, and then it goes to like, what do I love? What am I like? What would I want to spend my time doing? What impact would I want to make? And then start moving. And here's the thing is like, I've had a online baby website. I have had um, a company called smelly stuff where I made homemade chapsticks and soaps out of my kitchen. I have done, I did photography for six years. I like all, I've done so many different things. I had a, a thing called Mad Deal Monday 
every Monday I would put out like these random products that I could buy wholesale. I'd buy a limited amount. People could buy them. This is before all the deal websites, right? There's like people who do this now, jane.com, Brickyard Buffalo, like all these things. They do like a day. Like I was doing that on my blog like so many years ago. And here's the thing is like, each specific thing has given me a, like a skill or um, taught me a lesson about business that I was able to take to the next thing. And so I love so much that we don't have to like choose this one thing and have it all figured out, but it's like, cool, what can I learn? Like, I'm going to try this and, and it feels really good. And what do I want to do? Or actually this, I learned this from it. So I'm going to take it to the next one. And what, what now? And remaining open. And a lot of people think that if they change their mind about something or try something new, that it's like giving up, that it's quitting, that you're flaky or whatever. But I'm like, no, I actually, what I learned when I had an online baby website is like, I hate inventory. I hate holding on to inventory. I hate having seven of all the, of the wrong sizes and everyone still wants to buy more, but they're a different size. I hate packaging, shipping orders. I hate this, you know, photography. I was like, oh, I don't really like to be gone on the weekends photographing weddings. I don't really like to, you know, to all the, my hands, I like got, literally had like carpal tunnel in my fingers from all the, this little thing and the working and the things. I'm like, I don't actually want to do this anymore. And so, but I use photography in the work I do now. I use the online shop for the stuff I do now. It's like, I don't, I don't know, like, I didn't know where it was leading me, but I trusted the process of each individual step. Like you don't have to know step 10. All you have to know is step one. And with every experience, you'll learn something. And like you're saying, it sounds like you'll get a contrast, right? I know I don't like this. So what do I want? And it could start moving in the direction of what I do want. And for those people that are like super stuck, if you even write down, and I wouldn't dwell on this, but like what is not working? Yeah. What don't I want about what's going on right now that is not working for me that I want less of to start feeling, figuring out like what are the things that are that you value and like what are the things that you want more of that you want to incorporate into your life? So Chelsea, something that it kind of, I'm getting the theme as you're talking, but your podcast is dedicated to like this concept of growth. And um, I can sense the importance of it to you when you talk about just personal development, but can you tell the listeners a little bit about the motivation behind just this concept of growth and why do you think it's so crucial for all of us to go through this journey of growth in our lifetime? Absolutely. So what I realized as I was, cause I was trying to think of what concept or what, what I wanted to teach about and talk about so much on my podcast and what was super important to me and with time and thinking about it, I was like, oh, it's like growth. But the thing that I think is really sad is that we all have started to believe that growth was like this result, this outcome, right? It's like this achievement. When I sell $100,000, then that is growth. When I um, you know, have 100,000 followers, that is growth. When I have a million downloads on my podcast, that's the growth, right? But something that's really interesting, and, and if when there's like studies done that we're all chasing like these feelings, right? But the feel like the dopamine that we get for it, like the process of creating something, we get way, way, way more in the little tiny processes that we have every single day going towards those, those little like results that we get or the lessons that we learn or the feedback that we get. We get so much more than when we get that 1 millionth download, when we get that $100,000, when we get that thing, but we all chase like that thing, like this is growth. And so I was like, I want to have conversations with people who 
Um, other people just think that they're absolutely wildly successful and all they focus on is like the result of what they've created. And I want to actually talk about what that looked like for real in their life. What experiences, um, have they had? What hardships have they faced? What struggles have they endured? What have they learned? Or the people who like had massive growth really, really fast. And how were they able to catch up to that level of, of requirement? Because, you know, quick growth is not all sunshines and rainbows, right? It's like, so even those people, I'm like, I want to talk about how they had to, like, how did they dig deep to be able to step into this new like level of themselves to be able to sustain what had come their way. And so I, the, the fascinating and most beautiful part is a hundred percent of my guests share some sort of struggle and some sort of season that didn't feel good. That didn't, wasn't like, yes, I'm doing it, but more like, why? am I doing this? And, or, or what am I doing? Or why is this happening? And it was in those seasons, um, where massive growth occurred because all of a sudden they had to dig deep and they had to go, okay, who am I? And why do I matter? And what matters to me? And what do I actually want to come from this? And am I willing to like go move forward? And how do I want to move forward? And so really growth is a growth is a process. And I say in my intro that sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's slow. And sometimes the most impactful moments are found in no movement at all. And so I just want to invite listeners to realize that every single experience that we're going through is actually an opportunity for growth. And it's all giving us feedback. It's giving us expanded knowledge and experience. And, and, and if we embrace it, even if it feels terrible, we're like, okay, then it's not going to feel as terrible as it feels. You know, it's like, it can feel bad, but also you can say, I can see how I'm expanding in this moment. I can see how I'm getting a little fight in me. that's giving me the ability to keep pushing and moving and asking for the things that I want. So I absolutely love the idea of how I see growth. And I hope that, that, you know, it's inspiring for people to not just be so focused on those outcomes. Totally. And just thinking about this concept of growth, like, you know, I think I'm like a perfect example of, I wanted to make partner, you know, equity by 35. I get to the very, very, very top and I feel like, okay, now what? And, you know, on the outside, people are like, you made it, you know, this is it. But I feel like if I were just satisfied there, then I would just stop growing and it would just be, that would be it. Right. And so, when I started thinking about the podcast and coaching and all these other things, my parents were like, what are you doing? You know, you've got a good thing, but it's like, I can't help it. Like I need to keep moving. Like I am not moving in the sense that I'm not satisfied, but just growing. I just think like my, my person is evolving. My interests are evolving. Like I need to keep growing and learning and exposing myself to different opportunities and meeting new people. And just that is what like feeds the soul. I feel like I've heard this um, analogy that's like, life is like riding a bike and you need that forward momentum. Otherwise you feel stuck. And if you don't have something you're working toward, it's like, you're just kind of like living on autopilot. You're just going through the motions and every day is kind of like the same. So with that in mind, do you have like a goal that you are always working toward? And if so, what is your current goal? And if you'd be willing to share that, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I feel like I always have things that I'm working towards. Um, what I've learned in all of these 18 years 
18 plus years of running business businesses is that like, I actually want to feel a certain way. And that's my number one priority. Like I want to feel fulfilled. I want to feel like I'm making a difference. I want to feel connected to the people around me. I want to feel connected to the, you know, my employees. I want to feel like, I want to feel alive. I want to feel like I'm noticing and I'm aware of what's actually happening in my life, in my business. I want to just like that. So the feeling has, is always priority to me. And when my feeling is off, then I know I have to go inside and say, okay, now like, what is working and what's not working, right? But of course, I also have goals of like, gosh, I want 500 people on my shirt subscription list. Um, I want, you know, I want like four big speaking engagements this year. Like I want, um, so I always have like goals that are, um, you know, like monetary monetary goals or like things like that. But But the number one, priority goal for me is like how I want to feel. And I would, and I think that, um, people don't realize that that's actually what they're chasing when they're chasing the goals is this feeling of, of being able to choose what your life looks like, being able to choose where and when and how you spend your time being able to choose, you know? And so for me, I would say like, that's my number one goal is to feel connected and alive and aware of what my life looks like. Do you have some sort of a daily ritual or a practice to put that front of mind every day that you can share? Honestly, it's just who I am. It's like I, I I wake up and I just try to notice and I've like stopped rushing through um, my mornings. I stopped rushing through, you know, I, I try to get to ask my, learn one thing about each of my kids every single day. I try to, you know, connect and ask questions about my employee's life. So it's just really about being intentional. It's like not a practice anymore. It's truly like who I am. Oh, I love that. And I hope that we can all get there someday. All right. So Chelsea, how can people connect with you? Where can they find you on social media? How can they work with you if they want to? So it's Chelsea Christensen across all platforms. So my Instagram, I spend a lot of time on Instagram, Chelsea Christensen. Um, my website is also chelseachristensen.com. And yeah, come come hang out with me there. I'm always trying to give um, like valuable content on my social media, the Dance of Growth podcast, wherever podcasts are found. Um, or you can go to my website for more information on one-on-one coaching, group coaching, or anything else that you might need. So chelseachristensen.com. Amazing. And I'll link all of that in the show notes below so that everybody can grab it quickly. Thank you so much, Chelsea. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Confidence Council podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you click the follow button so that you're notified every time a new episode drops. If you want more content between episodes, check out the show's Instagram account and website, which will be linked in the show notes for you below. If you're walking away from today's episode feeling more confident or empowered in some way, please share it with a friend or share it on social media so that others can benefit from it too. Thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.